0: Welcome to Oaks Church, where we grow great lives and build big people. Thank you for checking out our podcast. We hope that you're encouraged by this life changing message from Pastor Joel Scrivener. For more information, visit us online at oakschurch.com or follow us on social media at Oaks Church Texas. We're diving into this, this um, message today, and I'm excited to share with you. Today as we go just a little bit forward for, further into this really honestly this this topic I could spend another six or eight weeks on because it really is the most important topic in the entire Bible the, the reverence of the Word of God and the commitment toward the Word of God and the importance of Holding it in our lives and how we value it and how we build our life on it Jesus is the Word so the word has to be important to each and every one of us. The word has to be center and central in our lives because Jesus is the word. So we can't be focused on all these other things. We can get caught up, guys, in so many social things and so many different areas of our life, but if we don't live our lives centered on the reality that Jesus is the center of everything in our lives. Jesus is the most important thing Of anything in the entire universe, and Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the Word, according to Scripture. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We'll dive into that a little bit more as we go through this. Today, I want to talk about also how Jesus is the light. We sang that song just a minute ago how the light of the world came out into darkness. Jesus is the light. We'll look into that in a moment, but I want to just kind of Uh, Ask you this question. Have you ever had a bad experience in the dark? Have you ever had a bad experience walking in the dark? Have you ever had one of those moments where you got up in the middle of the night and you knew your house so well that you thought you could walk to the bathroom Or to the kitchen to get some water without turning the lights on? Have you ever had one of those moments where you were so confident in your ability to walk through your house in the darkness, and it was so dark, maybe you had those light-blocking blinds or something, so dark that it didn't even matter if you opened your eyes or not. You could literally walk with your eyes closed. Have you ever been that confident to just, I, I just know, it's, it's four steps to the end of my bed, then it's two steps this way, and I go this way, and you just know the number, have you ever been that? Okay, that's how I was. And, and I like to, I don't do that anymore. I had a bad experience Two of them. Uh, the first time, I thought that I had measured it just properly, and I was walking in the middle of the night into our kitchen. It was in our house in Carrollton, and my wife had these candelabra sconces hung on each side of the kitchen um, entryway, and they were right at like face level. And, and I'm walking through the house. I'm going to get some water or something. It's one in the morning. I don't know. And and I just I literally was walking in the dark, not even thinking about anything, and at full pace walked into a candelabra that hit me right on the bridge of my nose, and I just instantly began to worship. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) The things that came out of my mouth were holy unto the Lord. They were not. It was a bad experience, but that wasn't the worst time. The worst time was when My wife had made, she's a fantastic painter, by the way, she won't ever tell you that, but she does abstract art, and she's very good, and she had painted this amazing, beautiful painting, and it was on a canvas, and she had asked me to hang it, and as husbands often do, we say, yeah, yeah, I'll get to that, and then we don't, and this painting, this beautiful painting was leaned up against the wall in our bedroom, um, on my side of the bed, for about f- f- three months. I was there too long. A- and I got up in the middle of the night to go get water or go to the bathroom or something, and I had miscalculated this wedge pillow. I have this wedge pillow that I, that I use when I read in bed or whatever. It's the big kind of memory foam, big, thick, heavy wedge pillow. And apparently, at bedtime, I had flicked this thing over And instead of it rolling up against the wall, it rolled up and hit the wall and bounced back. And when I got up to walk, I took one step and hit that wedge pillow, and it pitched me straight forward. And I tried to catch myself, but I couldn't. So I reached out my hand, and my hand and my knee went through a painting. And my head hit the wall. But that was not the important part. The important part... Was the painting she may have forgiven me for that one I don't know we went we took the painting we were able to have a, a canvas repair company repair it and all that and it's still in our house right it was in your bedroom a minute ago, a little bit ago but so kind of the day was saved but that was a bad experience guys walking in the dark can be dangerous and the Bible specifically talks to us about being in the light living in the light that we are children and people of the light and we should not walk by darkness. We should walk in the day and in the light. That's what the scripture says to us. i want to take you to a verse that we talked about last week. Because we spoke about how there was light in the presence of God inside of the tabernacle. Do you remember this passage we spoke about where there was bread in the presence of God? There was also a lamp that was there in the holy place, and there were instructions to the priest. Now, you remember from last week, you are the priest of the Most High God, right? You are both kings and priests, not one or the other. We all are both because we're made in the image of our creator, Jesus Christ, who is King of kings, Lord of lords, and Priest Most High, and we're made in his image, So if there's something that's relating to the priests of God, it also relates to us. Now watch this. Leviticus 24 verse 1 says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they bring to you pure oil of pressed olives for the light, to make the lamps burn continually. Somebody say continually. Outside the veil of the testimony in the tabernacle of meeting, Aaron shall be in charge of it from evening until morning morning. Before the Lord continually. Say that word again. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. How long? Forever. He shall be in charge of the lamps of the pure gold lampstand before the Lord continually. The job of the priest, of Aaron and his entire family, was to keep the lamp lit. Can you say keep it lit? Now, if you're old, don't say that very often. This is your only chance. Because the kids nowadays, they talk about how something is, is, if it's cool, it's lit. But old folk like us don't get to say it like that. So this is your one chance. Say, keep it lit. That's the job of the priest. The light of God, the fire of God, the presence of God, the job of the priest, your job, is to keep the light lit. Now there's a passage in scripture, 2 Timothy verse 1-6, where Paul is writing to Timothy and he gives Timothy a very specific instruction. In verse 6 he says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands for the spirit of God gave, uh, the spirit God gave us does not make us timid but it gives us power, love and self-discipline. So this passage says to Fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. There is a fire, there is a light that lives inside of you. And as the priest of God, you, remember, are the holy place. This, your heart is the holy of holies. God lives in your heart by his Holy Spirit. You are the holy place. That's why the Bible says that we are to be living sacrifices. That's why we are to be separate and and to be different and distinct and not be just like the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We have the living God living inside of us. You are the temple of God. There's a fire of God that lives inside of you. See, this phrase... Fan into flame, another passage says, stir up the gift. It is a phrase in in Hebrew, it's three words slammed together. The first word is ana, which is the word for up. The second word is zoan, which means a living creature. And the third word is pur, which means fire. So slammed together, not Hebrew, pardon me, this is in Greek. In Greek, this phrase, ana, Zoan pur is is the actual phrase in Greek, and it literally means to provoke the living fire inside of you. That's what it means to provoke the living fire inside of you, to, to stoke the fire. Does anybody, are there any fire bugs here? To just let me in a a campfire. I could sit by a campfire. I could play with that campfire for hours. One of my favorite things that we've done in the country is we now burn all of our paper trash. And I get to burn stuff every week. And I've learned, I had a bad experience with gasoline. And I have learned that diesel is what you need to use when you're going to burn something. Gasoline will blow up. I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, I had another bad experience. Country boy living has been very educational for me. I lost my eyelashes <laughs> and my eyebrows, and I had to take my beard down. Thank, thankfully, it was over Christmas break, and y'all didn't see me for a week and a half, but I, I, yeah, it was fun. Blakely's still in counseling. She got to see it fireball like 15 feet in the hair. It was amazing. And it was always one of those, you know, you're you know you're a country boy when you say, hey honey, watch this. (laughs) Right before something goes bad. Yeah, that happened. Jesus actually said, I am the light of the world. We talked about how Jesus is the Word of God. Jesus, the revelation of Jesus is the rock that we build our lives on. Jesus is the bread of life that sustains us. But Jesus also is the light of the world. Jesus is the life essence of God. He's the light of the world. See, Scripture says uh, that his word, watch this, Psalms 19, 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light Unto my path. So if we just take this logically, Jesus is the Word, Jesus is the light, the Word is the light. You understand that? All those go together. The Word of God is the light of our life. And it's so important if you're going to keep your light shining, your flame burning, the fire of God inside of you, if you're going to keep it lit, you've got to learn to live in. The word of God. I'll show you this in just a little bit. But the word is the light. John 15 says this. I am the vine and you are the branches. This is Jesus speaking. I am the vine, you are the branches. Watch. Whoever abides in me, you live in me. Remember, he's the word. Live in the word. And I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he can. Uh, he is cast out as a branch and, is, and withers. is gathered and thrown into the fire and they are burned. But if you abide in me, watch this. So you abide in Jesus as the word and watch. And my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. It's a really powerful, powerful, powerful uh, statement right here. If you abide in me... And my words abide in you. You will ask me for anything, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Now watch. In this passage, there are two different Greek words used that are translated the same word for us in English, for word. I know, it's, there's a whole lot of words there, and it gets really confusing, but if you understand Just say word. There you go. I know know some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Word. The first word is logos. Jesus said, if my logos, or if you abide in my logos, then you'll bear much fruit. Logos is the Greek word for something that was said. Okay? Then he goes on to say, but if, if you abide in me and my rhema... Abides in you. So there's a difference between the Logos and the Rhema. Logos is what was said. Something that was said in the past. Whatever God said in the past still has power. It's still alive. Still has power. But Jesus is describing something different when he says the Rhema. When the Rhema abides in you, then you can ask me for anything. And it will be done for you for my Father's glory. Rhema means what is being said. It's an utterance. It's when Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every rhema that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's what is being said. It's the prophetic expression. The word prophecy should not be scary or spooky to any of you. It's not about necessarily foretelling the future uh, or or whatever, that type of a thing. It can be, but prophecy literally means to speak from divine counsel. Prophecy means to converse with God and say what he says. That's it. Is anybody in here a, a child of God? Okay, all right, does anybody in here, if you're just a natural parent, any natural parents in here, do you, do you attempt on a regular basis to communicate with your kids? When your kids misbehave, does that deter you from wanting to communicate to them? It actually makes you wanna get their attention a little more, doesn't it? See, we have this misconception that God doesn't wanna to speak to me because A, I'm not good enough, oh, B, I'm not holy enough, C, I, I don't have that type of relationship, you could be the, the littlest baby in the faith and your heavenly father wants to communicate with you. He's in your face goo and in gaga, because he wants to be in your presence and he wants you in his presence. He wants you in him, abiding in him, and he wants to abide in you. He wants his living word abiding in you. Isn't it incredible that all babies uh, speak in tongues? All babies speak in tongues. All of them. So if you came up in a church that you don't believe in speaking in tongues, then babies just mess your doctrine up. Because the Bible says, out of the mouths of babies, God has perfected praise. Baby talk is worship. Baby talk is worship. Oh my goodness. So you need to understand that, that we can get so intellectual with our faith that we ruin the simple stuff. It's the foolishness of God that confounds the wisdom of man we got to be open, somebody say open, got to be open to the foolish things of God. If we're so wrapped up on how we look and how sophisticated we are, we will miss a move of God. Because all through the New Testament, Jesus told his disciples to do and say crazy things. Bring me a lunchbox from a little boy and we'll feed these 5,000 people nuts. Oh, you need money for your taxes? Go fishing. Catch the fish, open its mouth, there'll be a gold coin, sure Jesus. Gold coins in fishes mouths. All right, come on John. I mean the stuff that God that Jesus told his disciples. It's pretty wild. He told his disciples to go out and if they ran into anybody that had demons just cast them out. Why Why'd he get so quiet? to scare you do demons scare you they shouldn't they're scared of you they're scared of what's in you see this is an elementary thing me and brandon we don't we've done multiple ghostbusters trips man we did one in downtown mckinney cast a ghost out of my buddy's house that was living there and it tried to follow brandon Holmes. true story then he took authority of it and it left his house man ghosts demons and whatever all that kind of stuff spooky stuff is real But we're not to be afraid of it because greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world. I've got the Almighty God living inside of me. So so it should be normal for you. You run into somebody that's full of demons, grab a homeboy and cast that thing out. They got to go, they don't get to stay. You have authority. Run into people that are sick, guess what? He said, go out, preach the kingdom, heal the sick, cast out demons. That's for all of us. The authority of God is for all of us. But you can't walk in what doesn't live inside of you. You can't wield what you don't have inside of you. And if you're living on fumes, if you're, instead of being on the the rock, you're on the gravel. Instead of on the bread, you're on the crust. Instead of on this, this brilliant light of the world, you got a bick. Guys, you got to keep this thing on fire. You got to keep this thing flamed on. You got to live your life in the presence of Jesus Christ in tune with his voice. God's voice is the light. See, this isn't just about the word of God of what he has said. This is about tuning into his voice. Can I tell you there are a lot of a lot of people and this is a very very sad deception in the church. There are a lot of people that have been taught that everything God will say he's already said and it's in your 66 books of your Bible. And that's a false doctrine. I'm sorry to say it's a false doctrine. If that's what you were taught, you need to go back to that person that taught you and smack them, because they lied to you. They were lied to, though, guys. It's a bad doctrine in the church. God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he spoke once, he still speaks. It, it, It can't be that John the Baptist, Jesus said that John the Baptist was the greatest person ever born, the greatest man ever born of a woman. That is a massive compliment. The greatest man ever born from a woman, John the Baptist. And then Jesus said, and the least of you in the kingdom is greater than he. How much more is there for you to live in that you may or may not be accessing because of not understanding the importance of the light of God in your life. The voice of God is the light of God. Can you remember the first thing God ever said in Scripture? What's the very first thing God ever said in Scripture? Let there be light. He released Jesus. Jesus is the creative essence that comes out of God's mouth. Jennifer and I were sitting out in the country, you can really see the stars, and we were in these little zero-gravity chairs, and we were laid back looking at the stars a couple nights ago, and it was just incredible. And just, we started talking about how, you know, scientifically, the universe is still expanding. It's ever-expanding. It's never stopped. When God said, let there be light, he didn't say, okay, that's enough. It's still, the first, th- you guys understand this? The first thing, you, you know this is true, right? The, the, universe, the universe is still expanding. There is new light perpetually, continually being created. You understand this? It's a scientific fact. And it's because God never said stop. It's because when God speaks, when he puts something in motion, it goes forth to accomplish whatever he set it to do, and it cannot return to his void. It must accomplish what he set it in motion to do. God said, let there be light. He released the essence of Jesus. He released the essence of his creative force. Thousands of years ago, we don't know how many million. we don't know when he said, let there be light. We don't know what year that was. It could have been a billion years ago. Let there be light. Boom. It's still going why because his voice is his light The voice of God needs to be your number one priority The voice of God in your life needs to be your number one priority why Because if you lose the voice you can lose everything See the season of my life that I learned to have, and I, I want to talk about this, this is so important, guys. I, my dream, my dream, and everyone, res, everyone relates to God differently. Everyone responds to God differently. Everyone hears from God differently. But my dream is that on some level, every single one of you learn how to have conversations with God. It's a big dream. But if I had not learned the secret of how to have conversations with my creator, guys, he wants to talk to you. He's your father. He loves you. He wants to talk to you more than you want to hear him. He wants you to be heard. He wants to be heard by you more than you want to hear him. And he is constantly releasing his voice in your direction. God is not silent to you. He's not we just have to learn how to tune in. And oftentimes, we're hearing his voice and don't know it, and we discount it because we think it's just us. How many times has God said something to me, and I said, that's, I'm just making that up, that's just crazy, I'm just making that up. Go tell this person this. <laughs> no, no, God. Go give this offering. <laughs> never. God's speaking. Are you listening? Are you tuning in? Do you know his voice? Are you, cre- are you creating the environment that makes it so easy for you to recognize and hear his voice? I'll never forget. It was a season of our lives. It was the, probably one of the darkest seasons we ever walked through when our daughter was dying of brain cancer. It was in that season that I was cultivating this habit that I have. That's when I began journaling. In the midst of that season, that same year, I had just started my new habit of journaling. And going through The excruciating season of our daughter dying with brain cancer is when I learned the habit and I developed the skill of hearing his voice, writing down what he said to me, and and began to have conversations with him. It, It became the greatest addiction of my life is I've got to hear him again the thrill of knowing that you have heard the creator of the universe utter something directly from heaven into your ears the thrill of that i cannot express how how euphoric it is to learn how it's a practiced skill guys it's i'm no i'm not special or more special or have something unique that you don't have every single person who has received the holy spirit has been given the ability to prophesy you understand that It says, in the last days, when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon all flesh, the sons and the daughters, they will prophesy. They'll speak in tongues and they'll prophesy. Every single one of you, if you've asked Jesus to come into your heart, if you ask the Holy Spirit to fill your life, you have been given the gift of supernatural communication with God. Every believer who asks the Holy Spirit to fill them, receives supernatural communication. That is the point of the Holy Spirit. The point of the Holy Spirit is to keep you in constant communion with the Father. Mm, You need to hear that. That's the whole point of the Holy Spirit. He's the seal of your inheritance. It's the distinction between us in the New Testament and those in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the Spirit would come upon people and then it would lift. You don't have that. You don't have that. You have the ability for the Holy Spirit to come upon you and fill you up and remain. To remain in you. You can live 24-7 in communion with God. I heard a story this week of someone that literally has developed this communication with God. It was a second-hand story of someone that had literally stayed with this person. Uh, It was a four- or five-day trip that they were on and every time they would get up in the middle of the night to walk to go to the bathroom they would go past this person who was asleep and in their sleep they were praying to god every night five nights in a row praying in their sleep i want to be that holy i am not yet i'm not yet angel is that's why her name's angel but not me come on guys we got to learn that we can live in constant communication you don't ever have to be disconnected. Guess what? The disconnection is never on the Father's end. It's always on our end. He's always streaming. He always has good Wi-Fi signal. It's We gotta dial in. If I hadn't have learned, I gotta tell you, the prayer that I prayed going through the darkest time of my life was this simple prayer, Father, just don't stop talking to me. If you if if you just keep talking to me, I know I can make it. The voice is our it's gotta be our priority. There's a story in the Old Testament that'll bring me to a close here today. It's the story of a little boy named Eli. I'm sorry, a little boy named Samuel. Samuel was born to a woman, Hannah, who was barren, and she prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed to have a baby, and finally. Uh, she, vowed a, uh, she vowed that if the baby would be given to her, that she would give it back to the Lord and it would be dedicated to God for its entire life, Samuel. And Eli was the priest and Eli came in and heard her praying. She was praying so passionately that Eli thought she was drunk. And, and, and she's like, no, I'm not drunk, I'm praying. This is my heart's And he says. As the, as the high priest, he says, well, be it unto you according to your prayers. And one year later, she had a baby. And as the baby got older and was weaned, she brought him to the temple, and and dedicated him. And she literally took and we don't know in that culture the weaning uh, era could have been three years old, could have been five years old. Weaning was a was was a gap there. So the child was old enough to not have to have its mama, but still very young. And now dedicated to the Lord, it's probably around five most likely, uh, because he would be entering into the school years, uh, like kindergarten type. There was a very, it is a very strict, and was a very strict schooling for the children, uh, starting at age five, six, seven, eight. They would memorize the Torah. When you graduated, the the original training for, for, and probably still in the Hebrew schools today, but they literally, by the time they graduated from fifth grade, they had memorized the entire Torah, the first five books of the Bible, completely to memory. Talk about the word being in your heart. So Samuel uh, was born into, or born and then given into this family, and he lived with the priest. Now, watch this. This is 1 Samuel 3, verse 1. Now, Samuel the boy ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Watch. There was no widespread revelation, and it came to pass at the time. While Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, Eli was going blind in the natural in his old age. Watch this. That his eyes had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, and watch, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was. And while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered Here I am. I want to ask you a question. I want to see if you caught something. There was something off in this story. There was something missing. There was a detail that that is not correct. It's not as it should be. Did anyone catch it? What was it? It literally said, And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle, what was the command of the high priest? You have to keep it lit continually. Continually. You can never let it go out. Eli had become weary in his old age. Eli, if you know the backstory, had two sons, Phineas and Hophnius, who were his assistant priests, and he had let them run wild, and they were living illicit, perverse lifestyles inside of the church, and they were, they were given way fully to their greed, and they were mistreating the people of God, and Eli didn't... Correct them or discipline them the way he should have and god spoke a prophetic curse over eli for not Guarding the the holiness of the temple and the holiness of the house of god and and basically said I will remove the light from you I will remove every male in your bloodline And and that had been the prophetic word that was given over eli and then you heard in the story the revelation ceased The word of the Lord was rare. Guys, it is never God's will for his word to be rare. It is never God's will for his revelation to be rare. If the revelation is rare in your life right now, it's not his will. And it's not his intention. It means there's something that you need to do to re-engage the light. Big question today. Are you keeping and tending your fire? Have you allowed all of the ridiculous stuff that's going on in the world today to put your fire out? Are you allowing the busyness, the chaos? Guys, it's so hard. You wake up in the morning. I don't know how many of you. We used to have kids. We used to have these things called alarm clocks. And, and, and some of them, they would like be a little thing that would fold over and you could open it up and it kind of had a little A-frame thing and you would, there would actually be a clock in it and it would tick. And you had to wind it and set it and you would have a clock and then when it, you set to the right time and in the morning it would go, and it, would, it would ring, it was an actual bell. There was an actual real bell. And an alarm clock. Now we have a phone that is your alarm clock in your uh, virtual office, in your dictionary, in your Encyclopedia Britannica, in your entire library, and your uh, record player, and every, every, every machine and every institution you ever had in the past now is in your phone. And there's a light, there's a fake light that shines in your face all day. a fake light it's not the light of the world there's a fake light that shines you have a screen shining a false light in your face all day and if you're not careful you can wake up and that light becomes your priority that light gets all your attention that light gets all of your adoration it gets all of your affection you you give it you you give to that light you buy everything right there all of your finances go through that light That light can become the Lord of your life. It's an idol, something you have to guard against. And we've gotta be people that we wake up every day and the priority is the actual real light, the true light, the light of life, the light of the world. Are you tending your fire? Samuel, as the story goes, he, he, he spoke, he heard the voice, here I am, he says. He gets up, watch, he runs to where Eli is sleeping somewhere else. Samuel is actually sleeping in the holy place. He's sleeping in the holy place. The bread of the presence is right there on the table. The lamp of God is right there. His, he, he had a little pup tent or something in the holy place. That's where he slept. He runs down the hall. He heard, when he heard, listen, when he heard the voice of God, It sounded like Eli. He runs down the hall. Eli, you called me. Eli says, kid, go back to sleep. I didn't call you. He goes back and lays down again. He hears it again. Samuel, he jumps up. He runs back down to Eli. I didn't say anything. Samuel, go to sleep. You're driving me nuts. He goes and lays down again. He hears it a third time. Samuel, he jumps up. He runs to Eli. All of a sudden, Eli who had become so dim finally a spark ignites in his mind he says maybe it's the Lord it had been so long since Eli had heard the voice himself maybe it's the Lord trying to speak to you if you hear it again say speak Lord your servant is listening Guys, it was this prayer that I began to pray at 17 years of age. It was this prayer right here that I began to pray. But when when I when I fell in love with with the spirit of God, I fell in love with the word of God, and I began to pray crazy prayers like, "Father, I have to hear your voice. I have to know your voice. You have to talk to me. I'm not playing religious games. I'm not going to do this religious check a box be a good little boy thing. That's not me. I want real relationship. I want you to speak to me. Speak, Lord." I'm listening wake me up in the middle of the night and that's how my relationship began I began to wake up knowing that God wanted to talk to me and I would go get in my Bible I was a 17 year old kid it was a children's Bible with pictures in it you can start anywhere and and as a young kid as a 17 year old kid all I knew was the magic finger you ever use the magic holy finger you're going to die no I'm just kidding but it was amazing that God would even speak to me through a through the magic finger, flip through, and and God can speak. Listen, if you'll begin to dial in, tune in to him, you will begin to hear the voice of God. A couple very, very practical things. Number one, you have to, like Samuel, prioritize the presence of God. There's light in his presence. There's the bread of life in his presence. You have to prioritize the presence of God and create an atmosphere. You've got to wake up in the morning and you've got to turn off the fake light and you've got to go get into a place where the presence of God, you can just sit and soak, put some worship music on, get your Bible out, get your journal out, begin to read a verse or two, ask God to speak to you, write down what you feel like he's saying. You've got to create a habit where you are prioritizing his presence. And the second thing, that you are daily in his word. Daily in his word. Start somewhere. Start somewhere in the written word of God, but specifically with the intention of asking the Holy Spirit to teach you. Asking the Holy Spirit to speak to you. If you ask him, he will. If you invite him in, he'll come. That's the third thing, invite the voice of God into your life. Actually invite him in. You know, Jesus in the book of Revelation said, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone who lets me in, who opens the door and lets me in, I will come in and commune, dine with them. Jesus wants to, he wants you to feast on his word on a daily basis. He stands at the door of your life knocking, wishing that you would just open yourself up and let his voice come into your life. Lastly, do and say whatever he says. If you want to keep that living word in your life, you've got to obey it. Remember, you're not just a hearer, you're a doer. You've got to obey the living word. You've got to say what, what God says. My, I, I, was, I was blessed to be given such spiritual parents. Uh, my, my parents were so spiritual and, and, and dedicated to raising godly children that my mom swears the first word I ever said was Jesus as a baby. And that's not because I was so holy. Maybe. Just kidding. It's because I had a mama in my face going, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said it. Oh, my God, he said it. I had a mom that was so dedicated to making sure that I was a spiritual child that they taught me and they trained me at a young age. My mom would say to me, Joel, the voice of God, this is something, it burned. it's burned into my psyche, the voice of God is like water running through a pipe. If you keep it flowing, if you keep releasing what God is saying to you, when he speaks to you, release it, he speaks to you, release it, he speaks to you, release. if you keep it flowing, it keeps flowing, but if you dam it up, it turns into a pond. You gotta keep it flowing. What is God saying to you? Release it. Find someone in your life, you can say, hey, I was in my prayer time and I really felt like God said this to me. Can I tell you what he said? They're going to say yes. And you begin to share it. All of a sudden you're out somewhere, you're at a, a grocery store or you're in a restaurant and you hear the little voice say, tell that person how important they are to me. And you share it and you see the light come on in their eyes, you see a tear come into their eyes, because they've been waiting to hear the voice of God, and all of a sudden the voice of God came through you. Guys, I'm talking about being a prophetic people, a people that hear the voice of God and declare it, and live in the light. His words, his rhema abides in you, and you can ask him for anything, and he'll do it. How can you be that confident? It's because you already know his will, because he's speaking to you, and he's giving you the word, you know exactly what to ask, and he can grant that prayer every single time. Gotta prioritize his presence. Be daily in the word. Invite his voice in. And do what he says. Say what he says. Amen? We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.